1: Yesterday, we took a look at the wisdom of evangelism. Today, the power of evangelism. Times of Refreshing with Napoleon Kaufman, coming up next. From the well, a Christian community, this is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. We're continuing our look at evangelism. We saw the wisdom of it yesterday. Today, we focus on the powers found here in Acts chapter 8, verses 8 through 25. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing.
2: Acts chapter 8 is a very, very powerful passage of Scripture where we see, in some cases, You know, transformation from a city standpoint all the way down to transformation uh, to individuals. It's amazing when you look at this. It's a man by the name of Philip who in Acts chapter 6 was ordained and established in the church as a deacon. He begins to emerge as persecution hit uh, the church in jerusalem he began to merge not only as a deacon but also an evangelist he in the book of acts chapter 21 verse 8 is the only person in the bible that is called an evangelist now we know that there are many evangelists and, and he calls us uh individuals to be evangelists but he was the one philip was the one that was a deacon in the church but he began to emerge even also as as an evangelist god used him mightily to share his faith to see the power of God released, and he was so effective that not only that that he, that God used him just through the word of God that was preached, but through the power of God, the power, power displays were, were demonstrated through his ministry, and I think for all of us, as the Bible tells us to do in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5, all of us are called to do the work of an evangelist, And so we may not all be, you know, have a five-fold ministry gift of an evangelist, but all of us can do the work of an evangelist, and we should. That means to go out and share your faith, to see people come into the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Philip did this and was mighty. And this afternoon, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. I want to talk to you about power evangelism, power evangelism. Because there's different ways in which God will use you to get people's attention concerning the gospel and concerning who he is. And one area that I see God doing in this last day, and I even see it now, is through, is through the power of God, through power displays. God wants to show all of us and show people who he is. And so for us, we want to embrace that. And so in Acts chapter 8, verse 9, we, we see this. It says, but there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. And then it says here, it says, To whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them, watch this you guys, with his sorceries for a long time. You know, to be an evangelist means to be a bearer of good news. It means to declare the good news. For us, the good news is the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, which is Jesus died, he was buried, and he was raised for our justification. This is the good news that we share. And with the good news, there's also power that God wants to release in various ways to, to show people that, that God is real and that his presence and power is real in our lives. In the same way, the devil has individuals that are working on his behalf to draw attention, to get them to go into the direction that the devil wants them to go. And this man, Simon, was an individual, if you will, who was a, was a servant of the enemy who was being used in this region to deceive people. And he was using a specific force that was, that was on display, and it was sorcery. And any time that we look at sorcery, sorcery uh, and, and, and things of that nature, what we're really looking at is counterfeit spiritual power and authority. Saints, it's all around us. It's all around us. Sorcery, witchcraft, divination. Tarot cards, soothsaying, black and white magic, idolatry, devil worship, Satan worship, occultic practices. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Idolatry, all this stuff is all around us on a day-to-day basis. You'd be surprised how many witches you have working on your job with you. You'd be surprised at how many people are involved in tarot, card, tarot cards and, and all these other things that are getting involved in all kinds of, you know, s- stuff that's just perverted and demonic. How many people are hearing voices? How many people are speaking to necromancy, speaking to dead people and, or think they're speaking to dead people, but they're just speaking to, to demons that are posing as these dead people? You'd be surprised. All this stuff is becoming mainstream. You look on the television. You got television shows about this stuff. They've got, they've got, when it comes to magic and different things like that, we see this stuff. The devil is putting his, his, you know, his force and power on display. And people just think that's just the way of life or it does, it's not harmful. I mean, people are speaking curses over churches. I mean, this, this is stuff that they do. They, 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 they look, they'll you know they some people they come to church and they're not here for the right reason they they're here so they can start speaking curses or try to speak curses over the men and women of god and try to draw people off into other forms of uh, demonic power and forces and this is what this is what apostle this is what the apostles faced. this is what philip faced and he comes to this region he's faced with this he's face to face with a man who basically had been involved in all these things And it says here in verse in verse 10, it says to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the great power of God. And so now these individuals are deceived into thinking that this is the power of God, but it's counterfeit spiritual power and authority. And we want to be very, very sensitive about this as we're living our lives. Not everything that is, you know, powerful or that is a demonstration of something supernatural should we be piquing our interest in. Can I have an amen? Don't get caught up in stuff like that when people start. You, maybe they may tell you about something that happened. These demons been watching you for, since you was a little baby. They know all kinds of stuff about you. We got to learn not to get so infatuated with that stuff. We got to be looking for Jesus. Can I have an amen? But what happens is we get caught up in this, but I thank God for, for Philip, the deacon, the evangelist. I thank God for his heart, his passion, because in this, it says in verse, in verse 12, it says, But when they believed, Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Now watch this. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. And so we see very clearly here a few things from these two verses. Number one, we see that these individuals believe. They they believed, but they believed because Philip, he preached about the kingdom of God. I think what we have to do now, we have to learn that we thank God for for all that that pertains to the word of god but we have to understand that jesus christ he is a king he is the king amen and there's a sense of authority power right might dominion the king's domain is on display through his church and Philip understood this. He wasn't intimidated by the culture about everything that was going on. He came on the scene and he basically proclaimed that there's another king on the scene who is the true and living God, who is the true king. He preached concerning the kingdom of God, number one. Number two, we see very clearly he preached concerning the name of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, Nowadays, in our culture, you can say God, you can say higher power, you can say all these things. But if you say Jesus Christ, people have a problem when you talk about Jesus. When you begin to declare the power of Jesus, the devil doesn't want us talking about Jesus' name. Amen. He doesn't love. He doesn't like because he knows that he knows that there's authority, that there's right. That through Jesus' Jesus's name, we have authorization and authority to, to dictate policy in the Spirit so that we begin to push back the forces of darkness so that God's light can come on. Is this too heavy for y'all? Can I talk about this? Is that, that God's kingdom can come and be manifested? Saying this is what happens. But it's Philip. I love him. He preached concerning the kingdom of God. He preached about Jesus' name. He was very open. But then it also says here, and I like this in verse 13, it says, it says he continued and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. The power displays, the power displays through prophecy, through deliverance, through healing, through 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 salvation. Salvation is the greatest miracle that can ever take place on the face of this planet. People getting their lives to God and being converted. That's the greatest miracle, sign and wonder that you could ever imagine. It's Jesus seeing somebody come to Christ and come to know him. And their lives change, their hearts change. But the healings, the power of God, the deliverance that was displayed through, a, through Philip's ministry, when he saw that, it, it, it caused him to wonder in amazement. And I think for us saints, people need to see the power of God. we got to believe God. To release his hand for healing. And I'm not talking about this fake stuff. I'm talking about unfallible proof. I'm talking about real stuff. I'm not talking about well, I think I was healed, but then it left me and then it came back again. And then no, I'm talking about I once was blind and now I see. Can I have an Amen? And this is what we want. We want the authentic, we want the real, we want the true. And we want to contend for that and document it. Amen. Documented. And so for apostle for for, for Philip, we see very clearly here that he was willing to allow God to use his vessel to display power and to release the power of God. People believed when they heard the, the kingdom of God being preached, the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ going forth and being glorified. People believed. And in the midst of this, this one who was a sorcerer, the Bible says he believed. And he began to walk with the company. But there's also a different phase of power that I want to show you here that I think is necessary for us. As we, we want God to do signs and wonders and to release his power through the gifts of the Spirit and things of that nature. But there's another aspect to this that we're going to see in these next verses that I think will really help us. Verse 14 to 19. It says this. Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem... It says, now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Just mark that. For as yet he had fallen upon. Now watch this. He had fallen upon. He had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when, when Simon saw, when Simon saw, somebody say Simon saw. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive, he says, the Holy Spirit. Now, this is interesting, saints, because I think this this happens a lot in in the body of Christ. And and we've got to really get a clear picture of of what this is all about. Because it's clear from, from the first verses that we read that the Spirit of God, that they had given their life to God. They believed and were baptized. And so they had believed. And so this is interesting because... And John, we're not going to go there, but in John chapter 20, verse 19, after the conversion of Jesus, we see Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. He comes on the scene, and he comes into the midst of the disciples, and they had walked with him, they had talked with him, they knew who he was, they had partnered with him in ministry, all these other things. Jesus is raised from the dead, and in John chapter 20, the Bible says he comes on the scene, verse 19, he comes on the scene into their midst, and he, he basically shows them that he's real, and then it says that he breathes on them and says, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And so, so the, at, the moment, at the moment of true conversion, a, be, a believer receives the Holy Spirit into their life, primarily for regenerational purpose. Somebody say regenerational Regenerational purposes. The Holy Spirit comes into your life to confirm that you are a child of God, that you are you are, have been adopted, that, that his spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are a, a daughter and a son of God. This is what he does, that he gives you the spirit of adoption, whereby our hearts cry out, Abba, Father. And so Jesus, when he raises from the dead, he comes on the scene, he breathes on them and says, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. But the troubling thing is, is that is if we just stop there, we don't understand that there's more to what God is trying to release in your life than just the beginning of your salvation experience. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we're not going to go there, but just, and you write these scriptures down and go there. Jesus, Bible tells us that Jesus told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem for the promise that would come and in acts chapter 8 verse jack chapter 1 verse 8 he says when that the holy spirit has come upon you you shall receive power okay now he says when that the holy spirit has come upon you you shall receive power but didn't he just breathe on them and say receive you the holy ghost in john chapter 20 verse 19 so what he's talking about is something, uh, an experience that's different from the first experience that they just had. One, the first one is for regenerational purposes. But then he says in Acts chapter 1 verse a, when that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power. So now the power, now the Holy Spirit, he's in me, but now he wants to come upon me for the sake of giving me power that is necessary to accomplish whatever task it is that he wants me to accomplish in life. So now I need to be empowered for service. The Holy Spirit is in me, for confirmational purpose and regenerational purposes. But now he wants to come upon me to empower me to accomplish the task, to do what I could not do in my own strength. And so what happens in Acts chapter chapter 1, verse 8, we see the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 on down, we see that the Holy Spirit, he comes upon them. The power of God is released. They begin to speak in unknown tongues or glossolalia as the Holy Spirit gives them the utterance. And they are empowered. You read the whole chapter. I challenge you to read Acts chapter 2, the whole chapter. And you'll see from that moment on, they begin to do powerful works for the kingdom of God. And God used them. And so when I read Acts chapter 8, and I read verses 14 on down to 19, it doesn't confuse me. Because I see they believed. I see that, that they were baptized. So evidently, when they were believed and they were baptized, the Holy Spirit came into their life. But now Jerusalem is, hears about it. And then now Apostle Paul and Peter, I mean, Peter comes down. and He says, I've heard that you guys believe, but now we want the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And in the midst of this, in the midst of this, they lay hands, and as they lay hands verse 18 says and when simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles hands that the holy spirit was given he offered them what he offered them money there's something that he saw that said whatever happened to them i want that to happen to other people through me and so for all of us we have to understand that when we're when we're going forth and we're that's why i love reading the bible because you know what it all makes sense if you just follow the story, it all makes sense. Amen. And so there's something that he saw. And in my opinion, my humble opinion, I believe that the power of God came upon them. They began to the same experience that they had in Acts chapter two. They had in this particular situation, the power of God came and the, you know, they began to speak in unknown tongues, glorify God, whatever it was. But they, he saw something that said, man, I want that to happen through me. I love this, but I want to share something else with you guys that that really troubles me because and this is the other aspect of power that we've got to understand about evangelism. This man was traveling with them. He saw the power of God released. He saw the miracles. He saw that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit came upon people and displayed his, you know, his strength in their life. And in his mind, we pick this up here. In verse 19, in verse 18, he says, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power that, on anyone, on whom, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And so now he thinks that he can purchase the power of God through money. And I think this is one of the things that we have to realize when we're, when we're dealing with church. And I want to come down here with you here. You know, saints, you, you can't earn this. Our money doesn't impress God. Our titles don't impress God. How important we think we are doesn't impress God. Listen, say, we're not coming to church to do God a favor. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you better ask somebody. All the money you have is because God was merciful and let you get it. Can I have an amen? All your business, all the stuff that you got, your furniture, your car, everything. Just look at your neighbor and tell them everything. You, you, if, if God wanted to block you, he block you, he shock you, he lock you down. You, you be broke and busted, disgusted, and couldn't move. Can I have an amen? Hey, just ask Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. Broke him down. So what I'm saying is, is we can't come in here. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I can do this. And, and, you know, and we think that we can earn it. Saints, it's not about that. The art of walking with God is about yielding. is yielding to God. And so he thinks he can buy the power of God through his money, through his wealth, through. And it's not about that. And so what happens here, and this is what I really wanted to get to here today. He says in verse 19, saying, give me this power also that any on whom I lay my hands, I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now watch this, because this also is, is, is the power that we need. We're not talking about someone that, that is not, doesn't believe, because he was believed and he was baptized, But in the midst of this, it says here, but Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. He says, you have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. And then he says this, and I I love this. I want to read that one more time because I love this. It says, But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this manner. And then he says this, for your heart is not right in the the sight of God. And what I wrote down here was, Peter understood that Simon's actions revealed the the, the condition of his heart. And for us, sometimes we have people that come to church. We love people. And some people are on the beginning stages. They've got baptized. They love God. They're trying to get right. And, but they're coming out of all kinds of stuff. And if we're going to be good at evangelism and at seeing people grow in their faith, saints, at the end of the day, I want to say this to you. We've got to learn to be honest with people's condition. See, this is why I feel like we failed people. We fail people because we we see the condition. I love Peter because he just being honest with him. He says, Your heart's not right. I'm sure he wasn't coming down hard on him and just condemning him and just but he was letting him know that you 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 believed, you've seen the power of God, you've come out of what you've come out of, but there's a condition of your heart that still needs to be addressed. You can't earn this. You you thought that you could purchase this. This isn't like being a soothsayer. This isn't like being a warlock. It's not being like being a witch. It's not being, it's not, this is a counterfeit, that's counterfeit power. If you're going to get the real power, you got to know how to come to God.
1: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of the well Christian community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at the well christian community twenty three thirty three Neeson drive We're here in Livermore the zip code is nine four five five one you can also contact us by phone at nine two five